This is the Social Strategy Podcast, episode number 13. I think that's a lucky number. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey guys, this is Vernon Ross and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, and good old-fashioned networking. Today we have a very special guest. I am really, really excited about this. One of the largest social media websites on the internet, its, it's founder and creator, Michael Stelzner, is joining us today. I'm just going to get right into the episode. I'm anxious for you guys to hear this, so I will see you guys on the back end. Hey guys, this is Vernon Ross, and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, and today we have a very special guest. I know you guys have probably heard of Social Media Examiner. If you haven't, and you're in the social media world, I'm really not sure what you've been doing for the past few years, but today I've got its founder, CEO, Michael Stelzner. Michael, how you doing? I'm doing great, Vernon. How are you? I'm doing good, man. So, uh, you know, the last time we saw you, or last time I saw you, we were at a New Media Expo, and something that you just said a a couple minutes ago as we were jumping on this call is you said you had to crank your air conditioning up a little bit. Yeah, I'm in Southern California. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you, it's really cold. It, it's actually, it was 46 <laughs> this morning, which is which is really quite cold for us Californians. <laughs> That's like, it made yeah. a little snow. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think it's about uh, 20 degrees outside right now. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm dealing with it. So um, you've got an interesting background, interesting story. You started off kind of in the corporate world, right? Yeah, that's correct. Now, what company were you working for before you, if you don't mind kind of going into that a little bit? Yeah, um, I was working for a $100 million um, company out of San Diego called Andatico, which no one's probably ever heard of uh, unless you're in the disc tape and storage space. And I was a product marketing guy. And my job mm-hmm. back then in the, in, the, in the early 90s was to help translate the um, technical stuff into stuff the sales team could, could use to sell. So, you know, I'm dealing with like uh, hard drives and all this kind of stuff and really technical stuff. And these salespeople are out there selling, you know, to medium to large size corporations. And my job was to try to figure out how all this stuff works, what the business advantages were, and then just make it so that the sales guys could could basically understand it so they could sell it. No, it's, it's interesting because coming from the corporate world and still being in the corporate world, I know a lot of people in this audience and a lot of people that I talk to have a a real challenge with how do you make the transition from going corporate to solopreneur doing your own thing? How did you make that transition? Well, it was kind of forced on me to be honest with you. Uh, They say necessity is the mother of invention and um, I was wrongfully let go. Um, And I'm not going to go into details about exactly what happened, (laughs) but I can just tell you I was in the right and they were not. And, um, but it, it, it did force me to, um, to basically figure out how in the world I was going to make it. And one of the first things I did was I bought a game system because <laughs> I didn't know what to really? do with my time. And I just started playing video games. And, and then I thought to myself, all right, hmm, I'm going to have to get some work here because this isn't going to last very long. So I went out to a lot of the companies that um, uh, because of my job, I was interfacing with lots of manufacturers of technical products. And I went to them and I said, hey, I'm a gun for hire. Uh, are you interested in hiring me to help mm-hmm. you? do for your company what I did for the company that 
you know, resold your stuff? And a couple of them said yes. And that was that was the beginning of Stelzner Consulting. And that was back in the 1990s. Nice. And I was just servicing high-tech companies, helping them create websites, helping them create brochures, helping them with their messaging, presentations, all that fun stuff. Very nice. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yeah, it's not a story I talk about very much just because it seems like eons ago. <laughs> but right, yeah, right. It, you know, it's, it's been about 18 years that I've been, you know, running businesses on my own. And the good news is um, I don't think if I wasn't fired, I would be where I am right now. So that did force me into actually figuring out how to do all this on my own. No, that's awesome. I, um, I often hear that from other entrepreneurs that it's usually necessity. Either they've just gotten to the point of where it's time to go. Or someone else has told them it's time to go for various different reasons. So, absolutely, yeah, no kudos to you for that. So, is that how you developed your your writing style? Was doing technical writing because when I look at you know show notes and articles you've written on Copy Blogger and on of course Social Media Examiner, it they seem very technical in the way that they're organized and the amount of detail that you have in there. Well, I've always been kind of a translator, Vernon. So my job has always been, even to this day with Social Media Examiner is to take the complex and describe it in a way everyone can understand. And that does require a little bit of uh, a unique perspective, right? You have to know enough or you have to know the right kinds of questions to ask of the people that have the knowledge so that you can write about it in a way that others can understand. So mm -hmm. that, that's what I was doing way back in the day when I was working in corporate America. And that's what I did after, you know, I left that corporate job. I've always been in the job of being a translator, you know, talking to the engineers and the nerds and the techies and trying to figure out how to convey to the rest of the world what it is that they were um, wanting to convey. And I think somewhere along the line, I pivoted into white papers, and those are really longer forms of content, right? Like you're typically talking like seven to ten pages of content. And then I wrote a book on white papers, and, and that whole process essentially over the many years solidified a style that I have today, which is... Um, you're very simple. You know, you identify the problem and then you talk about how to solve the problem. And even to this day, when you read the articles on Social Media Examiner, the editorial standards that we have, all that has been influenced by my background. Yeah, you've. Um, I was listening to your book launch. I hadn't listened to it in a while. That was actually how I first, I think I first discovered you was through the book launch and then Social Media exam, uh, Examiner and then on to writing white papers. And I've followed you for a while so when i heard your voice at new media expo i was like hey, hey, hey i know this dude <laughs> but uh you know when i when i look at stuff like that and i talk to other business owners i think one of the biggest challenges at least today right now is where do they go in social media and you talk about it a lot and with the with the elevation principle not necessarily the different channels but how you actually approach delivering your message because when i talk to people they're like well I want to do this website thing. I want to do this blog. I want to start a podcast, but I needed to make money in three to six months. And so I've got to sell stuff or I'm building this niche site and I want to put information out there, but how do I put it out there and not seem too salesy, but actually make money at the same time? Mm -hmm. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, if we step back for a second, uh, Vernon, the real issue here is you have to have an audience to make money, right? And if you don't have an audience, you have to pay someone else who has an audience to make money. For example, Google has a massive audience, right? And that's how they make all their money because they know that probably a billion people are searching every day for stuff using their search, you know, social search engine or whatever you want to call it. Facebook is the same deal, right? They've got a massive audience. So anyone who has an audience 
um, has the ability to be able to do just about anything they want with their business. But what do you do when you don't have an audience? That's the challenge, right? You're, you're stuck with one right. or two options. You either have to build it or you have to pay someone else who already has it. So um, if you don't have any money to pay someone who already has it, then you're going to have to be patient and build it. And that's what I talked about in the book launch. If you want to build it, you got to follow the right kind of a strategy because you will never, ever have an audience of any significant size if you don't provide value. People go to Facebook and they go to Google because they provide significant value. People read big blogs like Huffington Post or Mashable because they provide value. So if you want to start a blog, you probably need to be okay with the fact that it's going to take a while to build an audience. And you also need to be okay with the fact that that audience does not want to buy anything from you yet. And that's a tricky proposition for a lot of people to get through their head, Vernon. Right. Yeah, because you, you get into this um, you get into this state, and I've, I've been there, where it's like, well, I've got this thing to sell, and I need to make money with it, so I'm just I'm going to talk about that, and I'm educating people by talking about that. But it's it can come across because every time you tweet something or you post something or you blog about it, it's about a product or it's about a particular brand that you're promoting. And I see that a lot with uh, lifestyle blogs, the the mom blogs that have become popular, right. and even some of the tech review blogs. It seems as if they're pushing product all the time. How how would you strike a balance if you were talking to, say, a mom blogger and she's promoting, you know, whatever product of the week that she's being paid to promote or, you know, given an incentive to promote? How do, how do you strike a balance with something like that? Whew, it's a tricky question because. Um... If you are building a blog or a platform with the intent of just simply having advertisers on your platform, you're never going to really make it big unless you have a massive already platform. It's just not going to happen. So the mom bloggers that are out there are making pennies on these promotions. And, you know, it's just not really a sustainable business model. The better business model is to build an audience and then ultimately sell them something that you create yourself. You know, this is kind of what Pat Flynn does with Smart Passive Income. Uh, or at least what he's starting to do right now, you know, with more and more of his own things. Um, so you have to have a strategy in the end. And this is what I talked about in the book launch. This, there's a very simple formula. I think you alluded to it. It's called the elevation principle. And basically it says great content plus other people minus marketing messages equal growth. So the key thing that a lot of people get wrong is the minus marketing messages. Most people don't understand that nobody cares about what it is that they're selling, whether they're selling discount tickets to, you know, this show or that show or whether or not they're, or whether they're selling, you know, their, their, their information products, people don't care about that. And every time you add more of these kinds of advertisements and marketing messages to your content, basically people see it for what it is, which is just kind of a message designed to be clo- a cloak, if you will, for, you know, for, for, for an advertisement. And people despise that. They hate that. You don't like it, Vernon. I don't like it. Nobody likes it. So what's the alternative? The alternative is is to produce content that your audience really loves. Case in point, if you visit mykidsadventures.com, which is my parent blog, you won't see anything for sale. And that site is six months old. We've we've got no monetization plan in place until the first year. And we are just essentially creating original content with zero advertising of anything anywhere. We did the same thing with Social Media Examiner. We, we went a shorter cycle. Uh, I think we went four or five months. Mm-hmm. But the moral of the story is that you have to get to a critical mass point. You have to have momentum behind you. You have to have a growing following that loves what you do and loves to share what you do. And once you get to that point, 
you can become unstoppable. And that's the magic sauce, really, is figuring out how to do that. And one of the key things means no pitching, no marketing, no advertising. Now, for someone listening right now that says, I need to have money right off the bat, that's a challenge. But you got to think about this like an investment in the long run. You know, it's kind of like planting uh, a corn. Let's say you, you have one little kernel of corn and you plant it in your backyard and you want to be able to eat corn in three months. That's not going to happen. <laughs> it might take a while, but eventually <laughs> if you're patient, you're going to have a lot more than just one kernel of corn. You're going to probably have ears of corn and you can take those ears of corn and make an entire farm. You have to think about the long run. And that's where most people get it wrong. They're stuck in this fallacy of overnight success because they see other people that appear to be overnight success stories. But the reality is that nobody who's successful is an overnight success. It's extremely rare. Nearly all of them have been working for years and years and years to get to this point. Right. And even in the overnight successes, they've worked for years. You just haven't seen it. Or they're just flashes in the pan. And before you know it, they're gone and everybody forgets about it. Yeah, very, very true. Yeah, so uh, guys, if you if you were listening to that, plant those seeds before you expect to be able to harvest any kind of prosperity from stuff that you're trying to do online. Absolutely. So, so um, you mentioned my kids' adventures, and I, I thought that that was such an interesting website. And the uh, the video reminded me, of course, of my family, and I've got two girls. Woo-hoo. And I, I, yeah, I know, right? I got three. <laughs> you got, yeah, I was say you've got three, so you you know, <laughs> one is uh, one is in college, and that is killing me almost on a daily basis. Wow! And because she's she's away, she's only uh, about three hundred miles away, but that's still you know still a three hour trip, and I can't go see her every day. So um, and one is twelve, going on thirteen. So she's still here, but we're a Disney family. I mean, you know, they grew up watching Disney Channel. Uh, we've been to Disney World in Florida. We've never been to California, but um, Florida probably, I don't know, four or five times. Just love Disney. Uh, my entire family's been at Disney. That was one of the things we got to do was my sister and, and her ex-husband and my two nephews. And we all were able, actually my three nephews were all able to go to Disney. And it was such a great experience. And I was looking at some of the photos that we took from that vacation. And then I watched your video and was like, oh my God, where has the time gone? And that message resonated with me so much. I'm like, as as a really interesting concept, I was actually driving back from dropping my uh, my oldest da- daughter off at college and listening to one of the uh, social media uh, examiner episodes you were talking about it. And I was like, wow, that is, you know, where does the time go? You've got to find, uh, you know, better ways to spend more time with the kids. And I just like the fact that the site is about embracing that relationship with your kids because you don't have it for long. Absolutely. And I'm going to be starting a, a new podcast here really soon called Parenting Adventures. And, um, probably in the next 30 days or so. But yeah, it's, it's a challenge. I mean, you know, the quick story is I was at Disneyland. I hadn't been there in seven years. And I realized last time I was there, my youngest wasn't born. My middle one was in diapers and my oldest was like four or something, you know? And I was like, what the heck? Where is all that time gone? And I realized it was because I was working so hard. And um, right. especially me as a dad, and I'm sure you can relate to this, you know, the, the challenge is we love our work and we love our family, but we're a lot of times out of creative juice when we get home or when we get back to, you know, focusing on our kids. So I started the site really as an opportunity to empower parents um, to, to find really fun things that they can do with their kid. And I brought a lot of creative people together and we just produce original, unique content every day that parents can employ, you know, with their kids 
without having to come up with fun ideas. You know, it's kind of like, I like to say it addresses the I'm bored, dad, I don't know what to do <laughs> right. thing that we hear from all, we all hear from our kids. So yeah, you know, we'll see where it goes. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I'm hoping it does connect because I'm targeting people with kids that are in that five to 12 year old age bracket, which mm-hmm. is how old my kids are, you know, just kind of before they become teenagers and after they're toddlers, that seems to be the forgotten age. So, um, I'm hopefully, you know, it's working. Uh, we, we've been at this for about six months. We've had over 160,000 people visit the site and, um, it seems to be that there's a demand out there for this kind of content. I'm, I'm excited. We'll see where it goes. No, that is awesome. So when you were talking about, um, just now my kids adventures, how did you assemble your team? Because I, I think that that is also a challenge that, you know, as a solo entrepreneur, it's it's easy to get off into your own bubble right. where you're trying to do everything on your own. How do you go about building an effective team or how would you go about building an effective team, especially if you don't have a lot of money to pay other writers or anything really to offer someone to do? Well, I will tell you this much that we don't pay anyone who writes for Social Media Examiner or My Kids Adventures unless they happen to be staff. So the vast majority of the people do not get paid for either one of those properties. They do it because in the case of My Kids Adventures, because they, they buy into the vision. You know, they saw the little two-minute video that you saw. They can relate. And and those that write for us just happen to buy into the vision and uh, have some really creative ideas and just want to be part of it. Uh, and the same thing, frankly, with social, with social Media Examiner, it's slightly different because these are business people. One's, you know, focused mm-hmm. on consumers, the other one's on the business people. But in the case of Social Media Examiner, they write for us because they want to be in front of our audience. And for them, it's an opportunity to hopefully get some exposure, which could lead to book deals or clients or whatever. But to your question, how do you go about doing that? Um, it's really important that you develop relationships with people. And that comes back to that formula I was talking about, great content plus other people. Um, you know, I, I had been working to develop relationships with people for a long time before I started My Kids Adventures and the same thing before I started Social Media Examiner. So um, the way I went about doing that was I didn't have a podcast, but I had video interviews that I would do. So I would go to trade shows and I would video interview people and I would promote the heck out of them, you know, and give them some love on whatever platform I happen to have. And that just began opening up relationships. And you can do that now with podcasting in a way that you would have done in the past with video. And what's great about podcasting is it's a longer form of content than video. You know, you can go on for 30, 40 minutes and people are willing to listen. So I, I developed all those relationships with people and then eventually I laid out a vision. And I said, what do you think? And people said, I love it. <laughs> and, you know, right. once, like I said, you know, you start planting those seeds and many of them do, some do not bear fruit, but many do. And I've been planting seeds for 18 years. And I'm very blessed because I've got some real successes behind me. And if I was to start something like My Kids Adventures, um, yeah, I had a lot of people that wanted to get behind that. I was very, very fortunate. I mean, I, I, I was given a keynote at Social Media Marketing World. And at the end of the keynote, I pulled to Steve Jobs and I said, wait, there's something else, you know, or one more thing. And then I played that video, that same video that you watched. And um, people were like clapping and cheering and everything. And I knew I had a hit. You know, they stood in line to talk to me about it. And pretty much the rest of the conference, everybody was talking about it. So I knew at that juncture that I was on to something. And, uh, it, yeah, it, if you're, if you're a mom or dad and you don't get a lump in your throat after watching that video, something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I had grandparents come up to me crying. It was crazy. Cause they're all, man, you know, that, you know, that cats in the cradle song. I don't know if you know the one dad, I want to be like you dad. Uh, yeah. A lot of people were like, man, you know, that song resonated. I mean that, that video resonated with me because I, you know, unfortunately I didn't 
recognized until it was too late, you know, that I wasn't spending quality time with my kids. And the fact that you're doing it now is awesome. So my hope is to really make a big impact. But yeah, that's hopefully that no, answers it, your it, question. I think it will. Yeah, hopefully that answers the question it, about no, how. No, it does. It does. It, it absolutely does. Yeah, I um, I like just the detail that you went into about how the whole thing came together because I don't I don't know that I've heard a lot of people talk to you about going into detail about my kids' adventures, and I think it's just an awesome site. And I love the fact that you're not immediately trying to go into monetizing it because you probably could, based off of your the popularity of social media examiner. I'm sure you could just throw a product on there, sell it, and it would take off. But I like what you guys are doing. It's really just an information site at this point. We're trying to create a movement, and uh, we try to do that with everything that we do. Um, and be- because of what we've done with Social Media Examiner, I mean, we've now got you know arguably the largest social media marketing blog, uh, with the exception of Mashable, which we call more the newspaper. We've right. got one of the large. We've got the largest social podcast, and we've also got the largest conference so you know that's all kind of an outcropping of of planting nurturing and those relationships and not trying to sell too much and um i i do think the opportunity with my kids adventures is significantly larger and um our big challenge right now is frankly just getting discovered in this new space because there's just about no relationship between the two other other than the fact that some of the people that read social media examiner happen to be parent exactly exactly so, you know, when you mentioned um, social media, well, actually, you didn't really mention it. You said you have another conference. Uh, social Media Marketing World, uh, it's one of the largest social media conferences, if not the largest social media conference in the United States. It takes place in San Diego. I think it's coming up here in March, right? Correct. A couple, couple few weeks away? Yeah. Um, depending on when, depending on when uh, you know, the listeners, uh, when this podcast goes live. But, yeah, it's the end of March, 26th, 27th, and 28th, and um, 2,000 marketers from more than 35 countries um, are coming to San Diego. Nice warm weather. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, they're going to hear from all the top social media marketers uh, on the planet. We have uh, nine simultaneous tracks going on, and uh, our opening night party is on an aircraft carrier. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So tell me this. This is uh, Which year is this for the conference? The, um, for the conference it's the second year where was it at the first year i'm sure it was in san diego where did where did you guys host it at uh it was in okay so this year it's at the, the grand hyatt which is near the convention center last year it was at the the man the the um the marriott marquis um mm-hmm. which is right next to the grand hyatt so there are two hotels that are right next to each other uh but again it was in san diego because we're based in san diego so and it just so happens that san diego is an awesome place to come in the spring so yeah a lot of people yeah just i make, keep hearing that they just make a you know, it, it, it's kind of around spring break for a lot of people. So a lot of people end up bringing their family, you know, and if, you know, if she's a social media marketer, he's got the kids and they're touring Legoland or something, you know? Right. Exactly. Now, how did you come up with the, uh, with the idea for the conference? Well, I had noticed that, um, well, first of all, I'd been doing online conferences for a long, long time. That's, that's how we, right. that's how we funded social media examiner. We had a number of them, social media success summit being our big one. And I, I had always gone to the physical conferences and always thought there was something special about the opportunity to get to meet people live like you and I met at NMX. And I'd always wanted to do one. And I was at my friend Joe Polizzi's conference called Content Marketing World probably about three or four years ago. And I was blown away. And he said, you know, hey, man, you should consider doing it. And I said, you know what? I think I might. <laughs> and uh, it took, right, me, it took me over a year in, in planning, but and we decided to really do it, you know, in a completely unique way. Uh, our conference is 
is much heavily focused on networking, heavily focused on, um, you know, uh, selecting the presenters rather than having them, you know, fill out forms and go through process. So it's all kind of, you know, hand selected and recruited by me. So we're kind of like the the Nordstroms, if you will, of conferences. We try to maintain a, um, it's a little more money, but it's a little higher quality, you know? Um, So Mm -hmm. I'm using Nordstroms as an analogy because it's a retail store that's a little more expensive, but the quality is a little higher versus being like the Walmart, you know, which has got um, everyone going there and the prices are more affordable. Ours is a little higher end. No, it's it's an awesome strategy to have, you know, building a, um, building a conference, having an event, whether it be online or offline is a a really great way to complement your business, whatever type of business you have, whether it's a um, just a local business and you're trying to establish yourself as an expert, or if you're a business person and you're wanting to build a bigger audience or blogger online, social media, whatever you're doing, attending or having your own smaller scale events is a great way to promote yourself. What would you suggest for somebody that wants to get into that, but not necessarily do it on a large scale. Is there a way that you would have that they, you know, suggestion that on how they would implement that? Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what I did the very first physical event that I had was here in San Diego. And it's back when I was the white paper guy and I had people, I had like 50 seats, you know, and I priced it at a pretty reasonable price point. I think it was somewhere between 600 to $700. And it was a limited number of people, and I it was a whole, whole day workshop, you know. And I said, "Come to San Diego to learn white papers from the guy that wrote the book on white papers." And that's kind of how I cut my teeth, you know, just having a limited number of people and promoting it and beginning to understand what it's like to work with the hotels and the food requirements and the space requirements and the, you know, um, videographer requirements and having the right amount of content. And, you know, it was a lot of work to sell it. But the good news is after I did all that, I had a really nice presentation that I put on DVD and I started selling it. And then after that, I started getting corporations wanting me to do training. So I created a four-hour version of what I taught. And that became something I would go into corporations and oftentimes on a regular basis. Like I went into Qualcomm at least a dozen times and trained their engineers on how to write white papers. So it really was kind of an awesome experience because it ended up leading to all sorts of different revenue opportunities for me. No, very nice. When you're, when you talk about doing stuff like that, I think people could gather from that, you know, if you have an expertise, do a small event, maybe I guess starting with meetup.com, something like that, community center, wherever you can grab space to start building your audience and just invite people to come out and teach them about something. I mean, absolutely. And you could even start free with just meetups. You know, you could just like, um, you could just see if your audience is even willing to travel. You know, um, sometimes people do this in collaboration with conferences. Like at NMX, I, you know, we saw a lot of our friends doing this where they would have a meetup in a space. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes it's as simple as just saying everybody meet at this time in this bar or in this restaurant. That, that's like, you know, the inexpensive way or the, the, the next jump up from that would be that you would provide the food for them. Next jump up for that would be like you provide the food for them and charge them. You know, there's all these things. But but I would start with just to see whether your audience is even willing to come to meet you. And if they are, then that's a good step in the right direction because the hardest thing in the world to sell is physical events because there's a lot of costs associated with travel, as you know. So right. sometimes it's much easier to go online and do it as a webinar, which I think has got a, these days has got a much easier, much lower barrier to entry. You know, you could just simply do a free webinar and see if people come to it. And then if they do you might pitch uh, a pay webinar at the end of it, you know, and maybe your free webinar is 60 minutes and your pay webinar is four X, you know, four times 60 minutes. 
And that's really easy to do now because the technology is so inexpensive. Exactly. I want to bounce back to uh, social media marketing world. Why would someone attend? I mean, I know it's got the top people there, but if you're not in social media, would you recommend like a um, a blogger or a small business owner attend social media marketing world? I would, and I'll tell you why. Because a small business, we've got four different tracks. We've got nine simultaneous sessions, but we have four different tracks that, and a lot of them are designed to appeal to the small business owner. We've got social strategy, social tactics community management, and content marketing. Now, under content marketing, we've got blogging, podcasting, and web video. So you can come to this conference and you could do nothing but focus on the content side of it. So, for example, you can hear from Brian Clark from Copy Blogger and me about how we built our multi-author blog. Or you can hear from Pat Flynn or Cliff Ravenscraft on and many others on podcasting if you want to start a podcast. Or a bunch of really awesome people on web video. Um... You could also obviously go down some of the social tactics tracks because the good news about social media is it's a very, very low-cost form of marketing. So if you do have a small business, I would imagine coming to hear from a lot of these people would probably be very, very powerful for your business. That's the content play. But the other side of it is the networking. We have so much networking at this conference For example, our opening night party the day before is on the aircraft carrier. We've got dedicated networking stuff. Like you literally walk into a room where people are holding networking cards and they're trying to meet everybody. And we call it networking bingo. And you've got like 30 different slots on that card and try to meet all these people in these different categories. After the keynote, we have dedicated, for opening keynote, we have um, a guy come up and teach everybody how to network right there on the spot. After everyone. Oh, nice. Yeah. after And they literally... Bring the lights up and people start networking right there uh, in the keynote. After every um, key, every other keynote and um, in the lunch, we have built-in networking. We have a networking plaza set up where people can go and do nothing but networking. We have interest groups set up where people can you know pick something like podcasting or corporate. And, and we've got special events going on for the interest groups. We've even got networking running and walking groups that get up at 6 in the morning <laughs> and go for walks. So... And we even have networking ambassadors. Their whole job is to help connect people. And literally, we identify who they are, and you can go up to them and say, hey, I'm here to try to meet with people that are in this category, and that's their job. So we really take networking to an entirely new level, and that, I think, is a key differentiator. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know you guys were doing that much networking at the event. I knew something was going to go on, but that is, uh, that is crazy networking. Yeah, well, you know, social media people love networking, and um, – and small business people love networking. Our slogan is networking, discovery, and fun. And we think that that's what differentiates us. You know, you're going to have fun. You're going to discover great content. But you're also going to get a lot of networking done. And a lot of people, you know, you know how this works. You know, you meet people at conferences and stuff happens. Collaborations, speaking opportunities, getting people on your podcast. And business stuff really comes down, you know, happens when you're given these kind of opportunities to network, and, and we just have a ton of it. Yeah, it really does. I can't, uh, I can't tell you how valuable New Media Expo was. I actually went to meet people. It was not for the content. A lot of the stuff that was there, it's like, yeah, the technical stuff, I'm a technical guy by trade. That's my background, so I can figure that out. The podcasting stuff, it's like, yeah, I can figure out the equipment, but I can't meet these people in person anywhere else but at New Media Expo. So it was definitely worth the price of admission just to be able to talk to people and meet people in person. It's awesome. That's all I did. <laughs> I mean, I bought my ticket and I went to like one or two sessions and the rest of the time I'm, I'm working the halls, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm getting to know people I haven't met yet. And I can tell you that 
that's how stuff happens. And that's part of the reason why, you know, my company is as successful as it is because I'm really big into networking. And, and uh, once you get to understand, pe- once you get to meet people in person, it's just so much different than just, you know, at tagging them on Twitter, you know, or, or on Facebook. Right. It takes the relationship to an entirely new level. Exactly. So, you know, when we were talking about um, just in networking and, and social media in general, I wanted to make sure to get your opinion on what you think the most effective thing is right now as far as social media, where someone should concentrate their efforts. I mean, there's a couple books out right now that are talking about it. And Gary Vaynerchuk's Jab, 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 Right Hook, you know, is going into which networks to focus on and what he thinks is important. And I noticed that he really didn't mention Google+. Plus. Uh, I've started to become a big Google Plus user, uh, especially with the uh, new things that are going on on Facebook and visibility and the type of content that you produce. I've also upped my game as far as the type of content that I put on Facebook. I wanted to get your opinion. What do you what do you think between, you know, Google Plus, Facebook, Snapchat, if yeah. you're using Snapchat? I'm not you using hate, I'm I not, Snapchat. I but. tried to use it. <laughs> you know, I didn't understand Twitter yeah. at first either, and I'm sure eventually I'll I'll figure out a business case on Snapchat. And we did write about that. Somebody goes to social media examiner and they search for Snapchat, they can kind of see how other businesses are using it. But um, you know, our at Social Media Examiner, we always focus on the big, the big ones, the big four. Uh, it might even be five now. So let's see. We've got Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google+, and then Pinterest to a lesser extent. Mm-hmm. And But those are really the big five. Um, no one else is really close to those five. So what I like to say is you have to ask yourself, you know, are you targeting a consumer audience? If you are, for example, My Kids Adventures is a big consumer audience. So for us, it's, it's all about um, Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest. So those are the three that we focus on. But on Social Media Examiner, it's more of a business-to-business audience. So we're focused on Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, and Twitter. So, um, you know, it is so variable, Vernon. It totally depends on who you're trying to reach. And it also depends on your content strategy. Like, I thought when I started My Kids Adventures that Twitter would be more important than it turned out to be. Turns out that parents aren't tweeting stuff as much as they're sharing it on Facebook. So when you visit Social Media Examiner, you'll notice that we put our Twitter counts up at the top of each article. But if you visit My Kids Adventures, we put our Facebook counts up at the top of each article as social proof. So it's yeah, t- I did notice that. It's totally variable for every single audience. Now, let's zoom in on Google+. I do believe that Google+, is very important. Um, I believe that we're beginning to see Google start to integrate more of their other properties into Google+. For example, in the last, gosh, couple months, they started um, their YouTube comments are now powered by Google+. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big deal because every time you leave a comment now on a video on YouTube, it populates out to your Google Plus account. And from a marketing perspective, that's awesome because that means that um, not only are you leaving a comment, but you're letting your friends know you did. And that video gets populated in your Google Plus account. So I think um, Google Plus is becoming much more important also because people are getting frustrated with Facebook. Um, You've probably seen all the research that a lot of the brands are seeing a decline in their organic reach. And um, Facebook keeps making changes and everybody's really getting frustrated. Um, for example, they were penalizing you right. in, in the past if you just pasted your link in there and it pulled content from your blog. But now they're saying you can do that. And, you know, it's constantly changing. But here's the deal. At the end of the day, you've got to go where your audience is. And if your audience is on Instagram, 
well, then maybe you eventually need to go there. I think what it really comes down to, especially for the small business folks, is it's time versus resources, right? Like, do you have the time to go to Google Plus if you're already on Facebook and Twitter? Uh, If you do, then maybe it's worth experimenting with it. If you don't have the time, do you have the money to pay someone to manage that for you? Because a lot of times, one of the, like, for example, a social media examiner, one of the very first investments we made was hiring a community manager, and her name was Amy Porterfield. And Amy, you know, is a pretty big deal now. Uh, She doesn't work for us anymore, but um, she co-authored the book, uh, Facebook a Facebook a dummies book on Facebook marketing. Right. But, but that was one of our first investments. And in, in, in sometimes that's a smart investment for a small business to hire someone to be a community manager to, to manage these social channels. Now we, we're all over the place in a lot of social channels, but we're still not on Instagram. And we're only on Pinterest for my kids' adventures. And it, it really just comes down to experimentation, making sure we're meeting our business objectives because our, our objective is to drive traffic back to our site. But, uh, yeah, so it's a long answer, and there is no simple answer. No, no, that was great. I um, <laughs> little little side effect, I had no idea that Amy worked for you guys. I knew she worked for Tony Robbins, but I didn't know uh, she worked for Social Media Examiner. That's awesome. Yeah, right after she left Tony, I hired her and uh, because I wrote a white paper for Tony, and she's the one that actually brought me in to write it. <laughs> <laughs> See, funny how that happens, relationships, right? You got it. I don't know if you can hear my dog going crazy. Hey, that's all right. It, you for, could always say it's just your screensaver. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Got a guard dog screensaver. <laughs> Hey, well, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to keep you forever. I'm sure we could talk much, much longer about a ton of other subjects. I did want to um, just ask one more thing about the um, the My Kids Adventure website. Yep. yep. Where Where do you see that going? Um, you said you guys have a you, you're planning your monetization strategy about a year out. I think you mentioned that. Yep. What will you do? What type of thing will you do if in the long run? with a, with a website like that, because I'm trying to get an idea for people that are right now just writing content. They're blogging about things that they're passionate about. They don't feel necessarily comfortable monetizing it just yet. Cause they don't feel like they've given enough to the community and they don't want to feel like a sellout, which is what I've heard from a lot of bloggers. It's like, well, I don't want to feel like I'm selling out. So I'll wait until I have more stuff out there to offer people. How would you suggest people maybe introduce a product or a service or something like that? With a site like My Kids Adventures, where you're just giving, you know, just actionable content for people to do things. Well, I can't totally reveal what our plans are because it's not public knowledge yet. But what I can tell you is that once we get to a certain point, and once anyone who's listening gets to a certain point with their their blog or their podcast, where they've got a really loyal following that loves what they're doing, shares it, and you're seeing growth go on, there's so many things that you can do with something like that. Um, the first obvious thing that you could do is you could try to go out there and get sponsors or get some monetization off of advertising. We tried that at Social Media Examiner. It wasn't really super profitable, but it's definitely a way to cover some overhead expenses. Uh, the next thing you could do, obviously, is to produce paid content, for example, ebooks or webinars that are pay or online conferences or physical conferences. Um, you know, in the end, there's, there's an endless opportunity once you have an audience, um, you know, because uh, remember what I said at the beginning of this interview, in the end, you either have an audience or you're paying someone else who has one. So bottom line is if you've got an audience, you can get to the point where other people are willing to pay you to be in front of that audience. And the business models, frankly, are endless. I mean, there's just so many different things that can be done. My hope with My Kids Adventures is that the podcast takes off. 
that the site continues to grow. And if it does, we will increase the frequency of the content that we produce to get to the point where we are with Social Media Examiner. And what the future holds, frankly, remains to be seen. I've got some ideas, but they may change. Um, I'm just beginning to kind of understand this space. And right. and that's a totally different space than I'm used to being in. You know, So like I said oh, early, yeah. earlier, what I thought would work doesn't necessarily work, you know, and every audience is different. So we'll see what the future holds. But anyone who's thinking about growing something, you can tell when you're ready to sell them something. When people start emailing you and say to you, I love what you're doing, please keep doing it, don't stop. When you start getting that kind of stuff from people, that's the beginning of the signs that you have some people that are willing to buy. And in the case of Social Media Examiner, we had seven and a half million people that visited our site last year, and we only need a few thousand of them to buy for us to be very successful. So hopefully that gives you some ideas. That is a great answer and a great note to end on. Real quick, I wanted to make sure that we touched on a couple things that you have coming up. The biggest thing right now is social media marketing world that's at the end of March, and those exact dates were... 26th, 27th, and 28th in San Diego. Yeah, beautiful, sunny San Diego. We're actually thinking about coming out there. Um, you would love wife it. wants to move move to the coast. You would love it. I keep hearing that. It's like podcast capital of the world right now. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people out here. It's crazy. It's becoming, you know, you got Pat Flynn out here. You got me out here. You got Mari Smith out here. You got John Dumas out here. Um, and I know I'm forgetting some people that are out here. Rick Mulready. I think just moved here. Right. So yeah, there's there's a lot of um, a lot of traditional marketers, a lot of social media marketers, and a lot of podcasters and internet marketers. So it's kind of becoming a neat little hub. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Mike, thanks so much for coming on the uh, podcast, and you know it was great meeting you at New Media Expo and. A dream of mine to actually have you in an interview setting. So this was awesome for me. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Um, and I really hope that those that are listening found some value. <laughs> I think we did. I think we did. Well, hey, thanks a lot. And I really do appreciate it. My pleasure. Pretty amazing, right? So I really enjoy talking to Michael Stelzner. That was an amazing interview for me. I wanted to touch on a couple points that Michael made in his, um, you know, in the interview. One of the things that he said when you talk about having an audience is that you actually have to either have an audience to make money. So and ex exactly what he said is you have to have an audience to make money. And if you don't have an audience to make money, you have to pay someone with an audience in order to make money. So you have to build your own audience. And if you don't have one, you've got got to find one either via Google ads, Facebook ads, or leveraging guest posting, things like that to increase your relevance and expand your audience. That way, anything that you're doing online, whether it be a website, podcast, or whatever, is going to have more relevance and resonate more with your audience. We also talked about Google+. I know a lot of people hate Google+, and I have my feelings about Google+. Off and on, but I cannot ignore how valuable the network has been for the podcast, for web traffic, just in general. And now with YouTube comments being posted to your Google Plus profile page, every post that you put in Google Plus, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, is actually indexed in Google, which is the number one search engine in the world. So anytime you post anything to Google Plus, it's going to get indexed. And by the way, I shared this fact with someone um, just the other day at a at a networking happy hour. Is that anything or any anyone that you have that's logged into Google Plus, any of your contacts, anyone that's logged in that is in one of your circles, when they search for something, your results, if it's relevant, is going to come up first. So logged in users actually come up first when you start talking about Google Plus rankings and 
or search results in Google Plus, not Google Plus rankings, but actual search results. So it is pretty valuable just from that perspective. Like I said, I'm no fan of Snapchat. Um, I may find a business case for, but right now my 18 year old said that dad, it would be creepy for you to get on Snapchat. So don't, so I'm going to follow her advice right now, but definitely check out the article on social media examiner about Snapchat and how that's used. And some, the way that some businesses are actually using Snapchat, I th- it is an interesting read. Also make sure to check out launch. It's uh, Michael Stelzner's book. And in launch, Michael covers, uh, what's called the elevation principle. And basically what it is, is is great content plus other people minus marketing messages equals success. So definitely check that out. I broke it down a little bit in the show notes, and I really hope that you guys go out there and look at that. It could do loads for your business. It is a really, really good advice. And if you had not heard it before, it's all going to make sense once you take a look at the show notes and actually just listen to Michael explain it. It was pretty awesome advice, and it's something that I'm uh, looking more closely at going back and following. But you can get a free copy of that book just by going out to the website and clicking on the Your Free Audiobook button. Get your free version of the audiobook from audible.com. It's pretty awesome. That's the way I listen to it, and I don't know if you're busy like me, you'll probably get more out of an audiobook than going out and buying a hard copy of just about anything. Uh, It's about the only way I can consume media right about now. So check that out on the website. Just click the free book button and you'll get your free audio book. Also, thanks a lot, guys, for all of the great reviews on both Stitcher and iTunes. Keep them coming. It always helps. Every review helps the show gain more traction and get more listeners. So really do appreciate all of the stuff that you guys are doing online as far as support, the retweets, the tweets, the favorites. I love it. Also, we have uh, been added to the TuneIn radio directory. So if you guys listen on TuneIn, we're now on TuneIn. Just search for Social Strategy Podcast and we show up right there, which is pretty awesome. Um, never expected to be on TuneIn Radio. Not quite sure how it got submitted, but someone grabbed the feed and submitted us to Stitcher, so that is uh, crazy awesome. Thanks a lot for that. And the winners of the uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Jab, 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 Right Hook, find those people out on the Facebook page. And uh, a couple, I'm still actually waiting on the other person to respond, so if you're listening to the podcast, Double check your email and make sure um, if you got an email from me to respond or I have to pick somebody else. So I really didn't want to announce it until I had both winners already selected. So hopefully by the time this podcast goes live, we'll have both winners out on the website. Okay, so thanks a lot, guys, and I will see you in the next episode.